0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is February 26, 2019. My name is Philip rossman I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll preview the Magic's upcoming game against the New York Knicks. Talk a little bit about that. And of course, with the Magic, just a half game. Out of the playoff spot, I, I kind of spent Monday watching a lot of other games and watching the scores, and so I'll talk a little bit about that feeling and, and, and what that's like. Not a lot to get to on today's uh, show as we kind of get set for the longer playoff hunt and, and get ready for Tuesday's game. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking to learn a little bit more about the New York Knicks? Check out Locked On Knicks. Looking to get the lowdown on the team the Magic are chasing the Charlotte Hornets, especially after their loss to the Golden State Warriors? Check out Locked On Hornets. You can also find other great podcasts like Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball that cover the NBA from a national perspective. And don't forget too, you can check out Locked On Mavericks who recently had Mark Cuban on the show to talk about the Dallas Mavericks season and Dirk Nowitzki's last year. The coming of Luka Doncic, and you know Mark Cuban is always a good time. You can find all these podcasts on iTunes by searching for "Locked On" and the team you are looking for, and of course, you can also find them as well in the. Uh, you can also find them as well uh, by telling your smart device in your car or at home to play podcasts "Locked On" and the team you are looking for. Do line of magic continue this road trip, or finish this road trip actually, on Tuesday taking on the New York Knicks. That is a 7.30 tip-off at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, the magic now sit a half game out of the playoff picture with the Charlotte Hornets losing to the Golden State Warriors. They are very much in the race. They got a nice win against Toronto, a win that Steve Clifford described as Perhaps the best, certainly one of, and I won't disagree with that, one of the best performances on both ends of the floor the Magic have had all season long. Um, it was a very nice win, especially coming off that loss to Chicago on Friday. Orlando, though, gets an interesting test. And it's not a, a test so much in that the opponent they're facing because, let's face it, the New York Knicks are near the bottom in every major statistical category that that matters, They've got a minus 8.0 net rating. That's 27th in the league. 112.7 defensive rating is 27th in the league. Their 104.7 offensive rating is 27th in the league. This is a bad New York Knicks team. But you probably noticed that net rating, minus 8.0 net rating, 27th in the league. That's tied with the Chicago Bulls. And of course, the Chicago Bulls just defeated the Orlando Magic on Friday night. So... As Orlando knows all too well, and certainly learned on Friday, you can't take any game for granted. You can't take any team for granted. You can't take anything for granted in the NBA. Winning is difficult. Winning big is even harder, Uh, but taking care of your own business is the number one priority. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about your opponent. Play your game. Do what you need to do to win, and move on to the next. That is the key to regular season basketball, and that's something the Magic are obviously still learning. And and Teams in the Magic's position, you know, slightly below 500, uh, fighting for playoff positioning, uh, fighting for the playoffs to begin with. Young teams as well. That's a lesson that they all have to learn. It's it's not something that comes naturally, comes easily, comes you know, kind of instinctually. It's it, it's a process. It's an ever evolving, ever growing process to to get to that level, to get to uh, get to doing that. Uh, and so certainly Orlando uh, is in that process. And so we saw them against Chicago, you know, have good moments. I, I won't say that that Bulls game was completely bad. I think that they they lacked rhythm uh, offensively. This is a Magic team that's going to struggle offensively. So if they're not kind of dialed in offensively, they're going to have some issues. They, they will have some issues scoring. Uh, I thought they were good defensively except for the third quarter. But that was enough against the Chicago team. That is playing much better. Chicago picked up a win against Boston the, the following night. Got two moments cards on NBA 2K. Uh, had a really good game. Chicago was playing really good basketball right now. So it's a bad loss when you look at the record and the opponent. But you know you begin to say like, okay, there there were extenuating circumstances. It was a close game. Magic made some mistakes. Was all on them. Like like I said before, uh, and they moved on and took and played a really good game against Toronto. It kind of snapped them back to attention. That. Okay, we've we've got to really focus in here and get ourselves back into rhythm. It's not something that's going to come naturally. That's that's something every young team has to learn how to do. And so the Magic again are learning how to do that. I talk I've talked about that so many times over the last few years. Just learning how to win is a big deal, and this Magic team is certainly still doing that. But the Bulls are not the Knicks. Uh, obviously, um, the Knicks did are coming off a really nice win, so. You do have to have caution. A 130-118 to win over the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday, uh, as Samuel Jackson said at the Oscars, breaking that long home-losing streak. So, that pressure's off the Magic. They they won't have to be that team. But the Knicks, ever since the trade deadline, are, like the Bulls, slightly better. Not as good as the Bulls. The Bulls are playing significantly better since the Oscar break. The Bulls, again, I told you were minus 8.0 net rating, for the season, twenty seventh in the league since the since the trade deadline, they have a plus one point six net rating, which is twelfth in the league. You know the Magic currently are sitting at since the trade deadline at plus eighteen point five net rating, the best in the league. So the Magic are playing really really good basketball. The Knicks are slightly better, minus three point two net rating, uh, twentieth in the league. They're two and five since the since the NBA trade deadline, a one hundred six point nine offensive rating, so improved offensively. And a 110.2 defensive rating. This is not to say the Knicks are a good team. I mean, I think you can still see that there are struggles. There are still difficulties with them. But it's to say also that they are a better team than their season-long statistics. They've got, you know, they they got a little boost as teams that make trades do at the trade deadline. Dennis Smith Jr. has started to take over some games. He started to play you know, the way that I think a lot of people imagine Dennis Smith Jr. would play, and some of that's probably balls in his hands a little bit more, uh, and and the the Knicks are relying on him to score a a whole lot more than Dallas ever did. But the kid's averaging 16.1 points per game, shooting a 46.8% effective field goal percentage, uh, 43.7% from the floor, 6.9 assists per game. He's, you know, got the ball in his hands. He is putting up numbers. And, you know, as the Spurs learned on Sunday he can put up numbers in a hurry. He is not someone that a team should look over or take lightly. Certainly, that this is a guy that teams have to recognize is a very dangerous player. Uh, and, and certainly, the Magic's defense is going to be loaded against him. Uh, I would expect that Evan Fournier will get the call to defend Dennis Smith Jr. in this game. That That would be my anticipation. Evan Fournier has been guarding... Uh, the best guard on on the team, he guarded Kyle Lowry on on Sunday for the most part in Toronto. I, I would suspect that that will be the case once again, because the Magic have struggled with kind of bigger point guards like him. Uh, Kyle Lowry had some decent moments Sunday. Eric Bledsoe's killed the Magic on several occasions. It's just not a matchup that that bodes well for DJ Augustin, uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic match up with him. On top of that, the Knicks are getting better play. From guys like Mitchell Robinson, who's a, ro- a rookie who had a really strong game actually in the first meeting between the Magic and the Knicks, the Magic won that in a blowout as well. But Mitchell Robinson was able to get a lot of block shots, was able to kind of mix things up, and Orlando was able to withstand that. But again, did a did a really he did a really good job. He's really active, fouled a lot, but but really really active as well. You got to do with Emmanuel Mudiay, Kevin Knox has been up and down throughout the year, but obviously the the. Knicks have turned things over to their young players. You know, you got DeAndre Jordan, you can't forget about him. The Knicks have obviously turned things over to their young players. They're letting them kind of take the lead, and they're letting Dennis Smith kind of go as much as he, as he can. Uh, I would say that really the Magic's big strategy is to cut off the, that perimeter play. Uh, Moody and Smith are going to be difficult matchups for the Magic just because of their size. Um, but I think that Orlando has to do a really good job cutting down that perimeter play stopping dribble penetration, making sure they keep contact with DeAndre Jordan to to make sure that he doesn't get a lot of rebounds or lobs. And if they can do that, especially with the way their bench is playing right now, they should be able to win this game. This is, again, like, I mean, I say this against these teams all the time. You can't take them for granted. But if you do the things you're supposed to do, play strong defense, which we know this Magic team can play. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, Lock down the paint. That's a big thing. Get back in transition. Absolutely critical for Orlando. And keep the ball moving. You can't let the ball get stagnant. You can break down this defense. You can score. You can get points. If you don't rely on that, you rely on your defense to create offense and then have the offense execute on top of that, this is a game you can and you should win. These are the kind of games the Magic have to win, too. We all know Golden State is on the horizon Thursday night. It's a big, big, big game for, for, for everyone. And yes, Golden State might sit out some players. The Magic got lucky, didn't have to play Stephen Curry in the first meeting, and nearly won that game. Uh, but, and I would imagine if, DeMar- I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, the the, heat, the Warriors play the, the Heat on Wednesday, the Magic on Thursday, they, there's a report out there from Nick Ferdel that the Warriors do plan on sitting players for parts of that back-to-back um, they're beginning to load manage a little bit as, as we get closer to the end of the season uh, but regardless of that they're a tough team they're a very very talented team you can't take them you, you can't take them lightly ever or take or breathe or sigh or relief or anything as the magic learned in that first meeting with Clay Thompson Kevin Durant but you also can't look ahead to that either you got to take care of the business in front of you you got to do what you're good at you got to do what you need to do to win games and if you do that you will have a chance you will have Every opportunity that you need to win basketball games, and that's really what is critical for this Magic team right now. Um, it, it's you know it's really not much more complex than that. Take care of your business, take care of what you need to take care of, and you will come out with a victory. That's that's the bottom line. That's really the, that's really it for the Magic. This is a game that tests their focus. This uh, we saw this against Chicago. They left. They let go of their focus for just a little bit. You know, maybe 14 minutes of that game, 10 minutes of that game, and that was enough to give Chicago a chance to win because Chicago played really, really well. You know, it's gonna take another like Chicago. It's gonna take another A game from New York to win this game. But they're an NBA team. Every NBA team can play an A game. If Orlando plays with the focus they need to, plays with the intensity they need to, plays with the with the principled nature that they need to. They should win this game. That's that's really all it comes down to. And so it's really a question of will Orlando show up and take care of that business. Tip-off at Madison Square Garden is at 7.30. Uh, we'll have complete coverage on orlandomagicdaily.com and, of course, talk about the game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. It, you know I'm going to bring this back to a, a personal point uh, a little bit. As, as, as the playoff race uh, gets, gets starts to thicken, um you know we are now at the 3 quarter mark of the season. The third quarter of the season officially ends after Tuesday's game. We'll talk about my third quarter MVP, my fourth quarter questions uh coming up um on on probably Wednesday for Thursday. So uh, on Thursday's episode on Thursday's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll we'll begin to 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 prepare ourselves really for this final 20 some odd games of the season. We are entering, you know, as as what's as uh, Doctor Strange would say, we're in the end game now, and you know it, there are very real possibilities and very real chances that the Orlando Magic make the playoffs. You look at some of the statistical models that are out there. Um, you know the the big one coming from I would say from 538, Um, You know they they're giving the Magic a seventy-five percent chance to win this game against the Knicks. Overall, with the uh, mellow ratings that they have. They give the Magic a sixty-nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Sixty-nine percent chance. First off, nice. Second off, that's incredible. They have the Magic on pace to win thirty-nine games. If you would have told any of us that at the beginning of the season, we would have taken it and laughed to the bank. And thirty-nine wins, I think, will get you into the playoffs. So Orlando, you know, they're not in the driver's seat. Let's let's not pretend that they are. They've still got work to do, but. Orlando's in a really good position. And, you know, we are really talking about the playoffs seriously. You know, I felt like throughout points of the season when I would say this Magic team is a is a playoff team. And I would, I would repeat that. I would say it over and over again that what I've seen from this group and the way the East is it out, because I'll fully admit this, you know, getting to the playoffs with 39 wins, you take it because it's there. But you know you still have a lot of work to do. And and no one here is denying the Magic still have a lot of work to do with this roster to get where they ultimately want to be, and that's competing for championships. There is a crowd out there that would say aspiring to mediocrity, to being the 8th seed and going no further, is is wrong. And I agree with that. That's completely wrong. I I think that the key is to always have a path forward. always Always have a way to get better. And if you're not getting better, you find a way to get better. Or you decide to start over. And I think right now we're at a point where the Magic are getting better, going from twenty-five wins last year to already having 28, 28 wins already. It's pretty darn good. I think I think we could be pretty happy with where the Magic are at for the moment. Now, how they get better next year, you know, especially if they if they end up resigning Nikola Vucevic and, and Terrence Ross, you know, that's going to rely on Mo Bamba getting better, Markel Fultz getting better. Uh, being healthy and playing, number one, and, and then being effective, number two. Uh, and then what other moves they make. You don't want to be stuck. You don't want to get to eight, take the playoffs, relax, and, and, and take it easy. And, and I, I still think the magic of a difficult difficult path forward uh, as far as building their roster up because of the salary cap situation they're left in. At the same time, you just got to keep finding ways to get better. And so, you know, this this playoff talk, and, and you know, I've, I've told people this, you know, all this talk about the future, all this talk about next year and the year after and what to do with Fucevic and what to do with, with Ross, none of that matters anymore. None of that matters until we get to the end of the season, until the end of April. The trade period is over. You know, there is no tinkering with the roster, in a long-term way at least, until, until the summer, until the off-season. Now all the focus, all the attention, all the energy is on making the playoffs, it absolutely has to be, and the Magic are right there. Half game out of the final spot. Twenty and sixteen in their conference. They actually need to pick up some conference wins, and they play a lot of Eastern Conference teams coming down the stretch. They've only played thirty six Eastern Conference games so far. The the Hornets, for example, have played thirty nine. They got to pick up conference wins for tiebreaker purposes. They've got that game against Charlotte at the end of the very last game of the season. That that game against Charlotte, I am circling that one in red. Uh, you know, I I've I pitched this article out to to my staff on OrlandoMagicDaily.com saying pick a Magic game that should be on national TV. I kind of want to pick that one. I think that game should be a, ESPN should definitely consider flexing that game since it very well could determine who makes the playoffs. The Magic still have one more game against Detroit, up in Detroit. They've still got a game against Miami. Um, you know, there are still a lot of big games ahead for this Magic team. And then there are nights like tonight, where Orlando's scoreboard watching. And I, I just have to, to sit here and, and just pause because it, it has been a long time. I have to pause and just. Think about the excitement of all of this. That, you know, we're entering the fourth quarter of the season, winning time in in a typical NBA game. We're entering the fourth quarter of the NBA season feeling like the Magic are in the driver's seat. And, And I'm often reminded of this, you know, when I think about the 2009 Finals run, and this is not the 2009 Finals run by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm often... I often like think about the lessons that I learned because you know I was 5 or 6 years old in 95. It, it, the 95 finals run Shaq, Penny. That was my childhood. It all happened so fast. I wasn't mature enough to to understand how lucky the Magic were number 1. But I grew up understanding how difficult it was to recapture that feeling. I grew up at a time when the Magic, it seemed like, were just happy to make the playoffs. And you took the playoffs for granted. You know, the Magic have had a very successful 30 years. Uh, I, I, they haven't won a championship, but they've had a very strong 30-year run. I think it's 14 playoff appearances in 30 years. A lot of franchises would kill for that. But they've only had four trips, five trips, outside of the first round. And... I would, I will fully admit during the Tracy McGrady era because of, you know, going to games growing up in, in my formative years, you know, 94, 95, 96, 97, 2001, 2002, 2003. That is a, and, and then 99, the lockout year, that is a heck of a run of making the playoffs where it gets to the point where, you don't appreciate that part of the journey, and yes, I get and I get it that this is sort of an argument about uh, about uh, of, a, of a person who hasn't experienced winning a championship. The Lakers, as a franchise, as an organization, are not satisfied with making the playoffs, and with LeBron James, they shouldn't be satisfied with just making the playoffs either. I I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. LeBron James is the best player in the world in his prime. They should be thinking bigger. And they are. Just not this year. But I think that, you know, unless you have that pedigree, you do lose appreciation of this journey. Of how special it is to make the playoffs. Uh, you, you forget, and, and I think this is this is part of the issue with the Magic over the last six years, you lose this institutional knowledge of what this experience is like. It's been a long time. You know, I was covering the Orlando Magic during the lockout year when they made the playoffs, in two, when they last made the playoffs in 2012. And, you know, I'll fully admit that playoff run felt hollow, mostly because we knew that was the end of the run. That was the end of Dwight Howard. That was the end of the Magic's championship dreams. And so, guess that the We All We Got crew that ended up making the playoffs and playing the playoffs without Dwight Howard was, you know, honestly, that We All We Got crew was probably as close as we've come to the Heart and Hustle Mentality that heart and hustle idea. That team was not as good as heart and hustle. I'll, I I would agree wholeheartedly with that. They're not going to be as beloved as heart and hustle because, frankly, despite you know Glenn Davis and, and Jason Richardson and, and Quentin and, and I think Quentin Richardson was on that team and Quentin Richardson and and, and all those guys and Jabir Nelson and all those guys you know banding together the way they did. They did not win a lot of games. I, I think we remember that that group more... I, I probably remember that group more fondly than others. But that was the end of the run. And so I think, you know, as we go through this, this, this journey, the expectation, the standard, is to make the playoffs. To me... This season is a relative success. You could end it today and I would probably say the Magic had a good year. The Magic could end up with 37 wins and miss the playoff playoffs and I would probably say the Magic had a good year. Or the Magic you know made the progress they needed to make in the long term. But And that but is the most important part. But they missed the opportunity to make the playoffs. The success or failure of the season now does rest on making the playoffs. I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. This season will be considered something of a failure. Maybe not a disappointment. I'm trying to find the right words to describe it. And I think that's what's so odd about this season. Heart and Hustle... I think is this in the same category the ninety nine two thousand team. That team was not supposed to compete for a playoff spot, but as it became clearer that they were going to compete for a playoff spot, that they were in the playoff race, there was disappointment that they missed that missed the playoffs. Maybe history doesn't remember it that way. Maybe history, you know, celebrates that team for what they accomplished, and maybe history will celebrate this team for the same reasons, as as the start of something, whether they make the playoffs or not. But hold on, I would say, to this feeling. Treasure this experience. It will become normal again to be in this situation, to be in this fight, But it isn't normal yet. This is the first step. This is the first time that this Magic team, and the first time in a long time, has experienced this playoff race. When When the Magic do make the playoffs, and as the Magic go through this end of the season with the games getting more and more intense by the day, you'll be surprised just how intense the games are i went to the 95 finals i went to the playoffs that entire time i i went to playoff games in the 96 season i went to playoff games in 97 you know i went to playoff games in 01 02 i've been i i've been a magic fan for a long time i've been following this magic team for a very very long time and i do remember how intense playoff games were The building was sold out, and and for the Magic in the 2000s especially, that was a rarity. And you could just feel the tension and, and intensity of those games. From the way the game was presented on TV, to the crowd hanging on every basket. It's a different feel. And that playoff intensity from the crowd, from the moment, from the team, is going to grow and grow and grow as the season goes on. And it's going to surprise you how you forgot what that intensity feels like. I remember by this time I was in college, I remember coming back to town for game four of the Eastern Conference Semis against Boston in 2009. And it had been 12 years since I'd been to a magic second round game. I still remembered what first-round games felt like from the T-Mac era. That was when I came of age. It's when I really began to understand basketball and understand what I was watching in a way that you can't when when you're very, very young. And I remember going to that game and being like, I have forgotten how intense these later playoff games are. And it was the same way when I went to an Eastern Conference Finals game. And the intensity just ratcheted up another level. And in the finals, even another level. You can can just feel the tension all night long. How every single thing matters. And it just keeps building and building and building as you get closer to crowning a champion. The Magic won't be at that top level yet. But already we're beginning to see the intensity and focus that's required from the team to win these games in late February. Fans will feel it too. I I have a feeling, you know, certainly Thursday's game against the Warriors is going to be a sellout. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a, a crazed environment. It's a big environment. If the Magic do get a national TV game, and I suspect that they'll get flexed into a national TV game at some point before the end of the season. I'm going to find a game that I want and I'll, pi- I'll pitch it. Don't worry. That game is going to have added intensity just because of the attention and the eyeballs on it. The, just the feeling of it being big. But games will slowly get to that level naturally as the importance of each game gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You're going to forget how that feels but you will remember it very, very soon. Because it's the fourth quarter now. It's time to win. It's time to make the playoffs. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore OMD, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll have complete coverage of the Magic's game against New York next on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic and, of course, on orlandomagicdaily.com. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day.